You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 272nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. You guys, it, I don't know if you know this, but it was daylight savings today. Um, I know we celebrate that in Minnesota, but Florida, I've never been to. Tim, do you celebrate daylight savings in uh, in the great state of Florida. Well, when I woke up this morning, it was sunny out. So yes, I did. I even went for my own bike ride today, solo ride, into the wind, mm-hmm. getting out the miles because the weather has finally turned here in Florida. In, so in, into the wind both good. ways, uphill wow. both ways. Yeah, that's some serious training, some, Tim. Yeah, uh, did some did some trail riding. Yeah, it was really nice out to the University of Central Florida campus home of the football national champions in 2017 and um yeah you know overall Uh good time and uh now i'm back all right right. i I had the uh, um i was gonna say spencer i have the joy of when it changes in minnesota you do a cross race and you basically pack your stuff up self up and you ride home and it's nighttime even though i raced at noon it was like well it's nighttime now yeah, it's a it's a strange thing because on Saturday everything's normal at the cross race, <laughs> and on Sunday yep. you're going home at midnight. Yep, you're like how? Wait, how did that happen? But I always like it because there's always someone that does inevitably show up late to the cross race. Yeah, they're like whoa, I didn't know my time changed. Although it's a little bit better now because um, with satellite phones everything changes automatically. Sure. Oh, I, I can't imagine what it was like back in the '80s. Ugh. <laughs> Um, I mean, probably you just blew off a bunch of stuff the first day of Daylight Savings Time and blamed it on (laughs) that. Like, it was a great excuse to stay home and, like, watch movies on TV and get day drunk. Oh, even better, though. Oh, man, I missed it, man. The excuse. It's the perfect excuse if you didn't want to do something. Like, it's oh, yeah, man, I totally messed up the time change. I thought it was an hour the other direct. I don't know. Got all screwed up. And now you can't do that. No, but no, what you can do now is you can wake up and stream a super prestige in <laughs> HD. That's true. And watch the glorious return of Matthew Vanderpool. Price we have so to pay. I kind of think now is better. Maybe a little. So let's talk a little bit about the return of MVDP. Mm-hmm. Beating up on friend of the podcast, Lauren Sweek and Tune Arts rounding out the podium today. At the Super Prestige in Belgium. So, where was where was Eli, Ellie, uh, Iserbert? Fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. He, 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 he in was fifth. fifth. Yeah, a minute and a half down. Spencer, mm-hmm. you need to work on your math because last week you were promising an Iserbite victory. 
Uh, yeah, and I think it's coming. I, I think... Um, <laughs> when Matthew Vanderpool isn't there? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but he, he tried too hard. I think that's the problem, is he went out and, and he tried to Vanderpool Vanderpool. You think he was starstruck a little bit? No, I think he thought... I, I mean, he, he'd been going out hot every week, and mm-hmm. he's like, whatever, I'll just go out hot. And for a while, we had four laps of a bike race. Right, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. absolutely, Vanderpool turned it on, and Easerbeat had done too much, and then you know, thankfully, Sweek stepped up for a while and kept it interesting. Oh my God, did he ever? Um, yeah, good time for him to like find the legs. Like he's been getting better and better through the ever, year here. Ever since a certain fateful day in Wisconsin, when he was handed a Minnesota hockey jersey mm-hmm. from three podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> that was it's, the it's turn. Yeah. Certainly not when he won a race two days previous. <laughs> no. So let's get into this Vanderpool performance. Was it just complete? I didn't watch right. it. So okay. this, was it just this was a completely it, no, no. It was a completely new style uh, of Vanderpool that we're not used to. We're used to him just riding away a quarter or halfway through the first lap and never being seen again. Um, little guy, do you think maybe this is some road tactics that have have he is gleaned from his season of destroying mm-hmm. roadies at Amstel and so forth and so on. Mm, um, that he was playing, uh, playing it a little more cagey, little cards close to his vest kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think he, you know, first race of the year, you don't really know how the legs are, right? You know, but you don't know. And he, and Ezerbeat took the whole shot, which I think probably surprised him a little. And he, he sort of was reevaluated to maybe I should just... <laughs> see what's up with this dude like maybe this dude is the real deal and i shouldn't go off the front right away and you know destroy myself i mean it was fun to watch them trading those first two two and a half laps those two guys traded who was in front every corner every other corner like it was non-stop one of them would get a gap it would it would go back and forth it was great it was great great racing now the highlight for me of this entire race had nothing to do with Vanderpool or Ezerbeat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me more. And I I if you watch the race, I know you appreciate this move. Maybe it's not coming to mind right this moment, but when I say it, you're gonna be like, oh my god, yes. When Lawrence Sweek passed Ezerbeat and attacked off yeah. the front. Yes. It was incredible. Yes, it was a really good move. It was, it was a, incredible. Yeah. I got a gap. I could not believe that Sweek pulled it off. Like he went through the smallest <laughs> gap next to his quote unquote team leader, I guess. And <laughs> not anymore and at that point. <laughs> dropped, dropped him and dropped uh, Vanderpool as well, like with a, a just a scorching move that neither of them saw coming. It was so good. It was. It should go in, like, Bill needs to start a new uh, video series called Sweekness just with this one move, and that's probably going to be it. It's probably going to be a short series, but this is worth it. There'd be there'd be a couple from this race. He could have, I think, that first time after that attack through the sand, uh, Sweek, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. drilled the sand, and Vanderpool even bobbled a little bit, and he opened that gap for a little bit there, and... We're like, whoa! All right, this is a whole new world. That that was good. It, it was 
was yeah, a nice move. We got, you gotta you gotta hit them. Like those two are starting to look yeah. at each other. Just hit them. Yeah. We we got a solid four or five laps of vulnerable, normal looking Vanderpool until he remembered what he was doing on the cross course and was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. wait, I can just ride away from everybody." And then he yeah. did, and it was still good. He's I love watching him. He's just he makes he just is kind of amazing. Even during those few laps when it was a whole group of guys and people were trading places, like Vanderpool was taking weird lines. Because I think yeah. he was confused. There was people in front of him, and occasionally <laughs> yeah. he couldn't take his line at his speed. He's like, I guess I'll just cut this corner in this weird way yeah. so I don't bump into people. Um, it, it was, it was I, I was super excited. Uh, I made Tomboon and Tomboon and watch it with me, um, you know, because I wanted to learn right. from the masters. And then so I brought him to my, my race later in the day, and he could watch what an, an idiot does. It was sort of a yin and yang kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a yin and yang thing. He could he could see the best, and then he could see me and go, oh, okay. <laughs> Dad's trying. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's great. Well, did you get to watch the women's race? It was kind of a uh, Alvarado riding away, Vanderpool-esque from the start. Uh, I think just getting us accustomed again to the Corridon whatever kit. Uh -huh. On the front so that we weren't shell-shocked later when Vanderpool did the same thing. Just, like, making sure we remembered that kit and were, like, comfortable seeing it dominating a race. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice touch. Um, I'm sure they discussed that in the team bus beforehand, just uh, playing that out exactly how it should go. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a nice um, introduction yeah. to domination. We also had so on... Saturday to Koppenberg. Friday. Sorry. Yeah, it's it always the Friday because I always forget about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always forget about it too. Koppenberg I mean, was great. I, I do forget that it's Friday. I just did, but I remember <laughs> the morning uh, when I see some tweets about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm always excited, reinvigorated for Koppenberg Cross because not only is it a great race, but it happens on Friday morning. So I get to watch it at work. <laughs> yep all the bike all the bike nerds in the world not getting anything done on friday tonight i was uh watching i really enjoyed participating because it was on youtube it was on the gcn youtube channel mm -hmm. which was awesome and so i really enjoyed just just going putting on the mud waders and just going deep into that uh chat uh group that's oh, on like no. the side panel oh no okay. oh yeah interesting Good idea oh i told lots of people that uh that Matthew Vanderpool had no chance against uh, Ellie. <laughs> I was like, this guy is just like Matthew Vanderpool is afraid to come back. And then everyone was like, well, he's going to wipe the floor. And I'm like, then why isn't he there at Koppenberg Cross? Because he's scared. <laughs> I mean, I was, agree. I think he was a little scared. I think I think it will be interesting to see the next race when Ellie doesn't have that in his legs. It was probably some of my best chat room live domination I've done in some time. Like it was, it was a great performance. So you're welcome to all the people that are following along. Yeah, that, that is, that is an untapped uh, market there. I think in the YouTube yeah. comments, Tim, this is a, oh, this is yeah, something was, maybe the slow ride needs to explore further. No, I was doing lots of drops like, oh, well, you obviously didn't listen to the slow ride podcast last week. <laughs> we did the math. Matthew Vanderpool is going to lose <laughs> something called trans, trans, what is it? Transitive properties. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You nailed it. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, it oh. was good. I I watched that and then um, it it was fun. I it oh, cross is kind of boring. I'm gonna say how, it right now. How cross has been boring the last thing? few weeks with all these guys going off the front. That's why I should have watched today apparently because it was a little yeah. bit closer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been you know first wait, wait. Matthew Vanderpool killed it with Wout Van Art and then. Ellie is just taking it to the next level and I want nothing to do with it. You 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 weren't you weren't entertained by Coppenberg Cross by Ellie and Pidcock and then it's seeming like it was over no. and then Ellie dropping his chain at the bottom of the Coppenberg. The worst place to lose it and then Pidcock catching him. Yeah. Going by him. At the, but at the end, what happened? Yeah. At the end, that happened. That does not mean you can't have entertainment. We still talk no. about these stupid Lance Armstrong tours. And yeah. what? At the end, the guy is with it? one testicle no. won seven right. times no. in a row. But we still were entertained in between, yeah. even is, though no. the worst possible talking, outcome. Yeah, Tim is still talking about Ron Gant and if he was safe or not. And nobody knows to this day. Nobody knows. Spencer, that is a fact. <laughs> He was out. He was out. Yeah, yeah. He was out. He was. You can World Series watch his back. momentum. I think we should get like a physicist on here or something to break it down. But he's obviously Kent had nothing to do with that. It's just when you look at the um, the Coppenberg Cross. Uh-huh. I get, my I guess the other reason I was frustrated with it was almost ninety eight percent of the coverage was focused on Tom Pidcock because it was coming from the GCN announcers. Yeah, but at least he That's rides like I a was, crazy person. That's where I was getting a lot more frustration because, mm-hmm. you know, so I was just like, oh, come on. So, yeah, I take it back. I wasn't bored. It was fun to watch. But <laughs> you were texting me during the race. So I, mean, I was. I, well, I figured... enjoyed that because I was in my I was in my chat room domination mode. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, man, yeah. I'm just going to troll little guy because little guy isn't watching this right <laughs> yeah, now. Because he's, he's carrying stuff around the city on his bike. And I'm going to mm-hmm. just be like, hey, little guy, I'm I... something you're not. Yes, I Can, think there's no way to not be entertained by a race where on the final lap, uh, the best cyclocross racers in the world collapse. Yeah. Like, they collapse at the top. It's yeah, great. But, no, you, again, you're right. It was a little like a cross-country ski race at the end there. What, but, what about the, the Merlier slide into Tom Mewson, knocking him off his bike, and the right, look on cool. Tom's face of, what the hell, bro? <laughs> and then cool. the I, the mid the mid slide apology as he's out of control sliding merely being like sorry dude. Here's one for you though. Why is there only 32 people on that start list? Like when that race started, it was very small field. I was like, come on, are they? That's a huge field. I did a race with 13 people today. Yeah, well, it's a little <laughs> bit different. One is like arguably one of the most important cyclocross races on the calendar because everyone yeah. knows the Koppenberg. So, anyways, uh-huh. I'm watching it. And all this talk about Thomas Pidcock, and it was just, you know, it got sure. a little, uh, now, little redundant. Tim, do you think, isn't it, you've been sort of a, you're not the biggest cyclocross fan on earth by any stretch, but you've been a fan in the past. Do you think the uh, reduction in, in your level of, of excitement this year is due to how exciting the road season was this year. Like you weren't like normally you're let down by road season and you come into cross looking for some excitement and maybe those two uh, switch places this year. Yeah, maybe I just think it's just the kind of a, uh, one of those things where 
You had a whole season of Valverde in the World Championship stripes. No, I guess you you missed Nairo. What if Nairo did some cross races? How would you feel? Would Uh, that help? That'd be. I heard that he is. There's a rumor. Everyone's doing cross races this year. I think we should just we should assume that all the all the racers are going to do a couple cross races and just talk about the ones that aren't. Yeah, I just um, I don't know, guys. It's just. I maybe I need to pay a little bit more attention to it all. And right now I haven't been. So I promise you, I will start paying attention a little bit more to cross once Roman Bardet starts well, towing the line. Yep. Do you, so you want a little road news, Timmy? Cause the word today was that Vanderpool, after he wins all the cyclocross races and then he dominates the spring classic season and then he dominates mountain biking and he wins a gold medal, the mountain bikes, then he's going to do the Volta next year. So, you know, pretty light schedule. I was kind of excited about that because he'll be having the gold medal stripes perhaps on his Canyon bike. And I'm sure the Vuelta is going to do their part and throw some gravel in there so we can see the Canyon double decker bike in a grand tour for the first time ever. Is that UCI compliant? I don't know, but that's the excitement I'm looking forward to at the 2020 Vuelta. And you got to think with, with the, with the duplex, with the double decker level of carbon handlebars, that you're going to tip the scales on that three to one aspect uh, ratio rule that the UCI has for arrow, uh, arrow parts. Okay. Mm. If the time uh, trial time bikes out. out there are legal, there's no way. No. <laughs> time out. If we're going into this three to one thing, like let's just, let's just jump on okay. Segway street. <laughs> and we got to talk about this ugly as sin British track bike. Oh, oh thing? yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lotus. Yeah. Yep. It's, that thing is disgusting. So I saw a picture. How's that allowed? I don't know. I saw. I, I might <laughs> I mean, not. Granted, be. USA Cycling had the left-hand drive train bike, which is also ugly, but at least looks like a bike. Yeah, pales in comparison. I saw a picture of this thing, and I thought it was only the 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 seat stays that were ridiculous. No, and I was like, the fork. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is this is pretty dumb, but whatever, I guess. And then I saw more pictures of it and I knew, and I noticed the fork was the same way. And yeah, Mm. I'm with you. This bike is terrible. I, there are not many bikes in this way. I'm usually a kind of a like, Oh, you want to ride that? Sure. You want to ride this full suspension mountain bike, whatever cross bike Brompton. I don't care what it is except for now. I'm drawing a line in the sand, you guys. Oh, I'm definitely drawing a line on this bike. This thing is disgusting. British cycling should be embarrassed. And as you pointed out, Spencer, on our Twitter feed, <laughs> uh-huh. for British cycling to allow this bike in competition, in competition, <laughs> but then not to let Cameron Jeffries somehow get a Tron bike that everyone mm-hmm. else is racing on in the Zwift world is ridiculous. This is the real yeah. life version of the Zwift bike. Yeah. Of the Tron bike. It is yeah. hideous. It, the, those announce- announcements coming mere weeks apart is just mind-boggling. That they're like, you cannot have a bike that may have given you an advantage in this. I don't want to watch the. Oh, Olympic by the track. way, here's our bike that gives you a huge advantage this race. I don't want to watch the Olympic track events after looking oh. at this bike. It is Oof. that ugly and disgusting. <laughs> well, I didn't you know, watch them when, before. So when Look had those sweet track brakes with like the integrated bar sten combo, it's like when mm-hmm. someone would crash on the track and like just the bolt would snap, so the fork would go flying and they yeah. would separate. Remember those? Yeah, those were oh, cool yeah. looking bikes because they looked like a bike. 
this thing looks like an F1 car with like all the crazy fairings or so much downforce. It is an embarrassment. <laughs> so much downforce. They just have a wing on the back. They should. Oh, okay. Let's get back to the other avenue that we were on earlier, mm-hmm. okay. which I think was we were talking about the Vuelta and Matthew Vanderpool. Yep. Okay. Any more Vuelta talk you guys want to go on before we get to like kind of the biggest news of the week? Well, I, I want to say one thing is that Vanderpool's team only, I think, has 20-some guys on it right now. So they need to add some people if they're going to be able to like race this expanded road program. Uh-huh. So that's giving me some hope. I haven't had a chance yet to go through the pro cycling stats and find all the riders I like that are out of contract, but... I'm thinking I'm going to put a little email together to send them, like, at least post a VO I think they should sign. There's yep. probably a handful of mid-30s guys that I like <laughs> that I want to be like, come on. Get... Dude, I mean, come on. This is a team with Stein Devolder, 40 years old. Young, I'm sorry. 40 years young. They're, they're not afraid. You going through your own little midlife crisis here where, like, you are holding on to hope that people your age can still race at the world tour level. Well, yeah, I want to, I want to believe, okay. I mean, look, seriously, I, I did a cross race today and, and half of it was juniors and they disappeared really quickly. <laughs> Behind you, right? I don't know if they got raptured or if they just rode away from me, but, um, there was a hill, so I couldn't see him poop gone. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to believe that there's still hope. All right. And yeah, th- so- these guys are giving me hope. Okay. We can definitely come up with a team. Maybe we'll do that um, in the winter doldrums when we're done talking about soccer cross. Like the un the unsigned hero team. We could probably put together a pretty good UCI point based team that will definitely be better than Dimension Data in oh, the yeah. World Tour state <laughs> standings. Oh, uh, wouldn't just that be pure pure guys out of contract? Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing if some crazy uh, rich billionaire just swooped in, said, "I'm starting a new team," grabbed. Grab twenty five uh, unsigned uh, thirty five plus riders <laughs> and just like created a weird team. Oh man, team, I, team titanium dentist. I hope little guy never wins the lottery. Oh my god! Oh god! Oh, but then so that good. leads into Rico. Well, I guess, let, let's talk about Thomas Pitcock for a little bit. He was already okay. all over my screen at Coppenberg Cross, and they talk nonstop about him. Yeah, and then I listened to the uh, the the Telegraph uh, cycling podcast show. And they did like an in-depth interview with him. Okay. Uh, you know, the journalists over there really like talking to him about a lot of things. And he drops the the note there that he is going to do dirty Kansas. Oh, really? Right. Interesting. Right. So naturally, what do I do? Well, I reach out to my contacts over at lifetime mm-hmm. to figure out, if they've been contacted by Thomas Pitcock or if they even know who he is. Because apparently, <laughs> based on GCN coverage, he is the second coming of the cycling Christ. And so here's this guy. He's got some great, great Palmares. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. He is calling out his attempt to go to Dirty Kansas. So, question I had for my folks at Lifetime Is he going to have to enter the lottery? Is he going to have to enter the lottery to get into this race? And the answer was a definitive yes. Really? I was like, yeah. So, so they shared this story. He's that, not as cool as EF Education First. Yeah, well, they have to answer. No, but I found, yeah, they did. Kind of. 
So I found kind out of? kind of how this works. Okay. okay. So here, here's, here's, here's the lowdown. 2017, a little-known writer named Colin Strickland calls up the <laughs> Dirty Kanza organizers, and he's like, hey, known. you know, I'm Colin Strickland. I'm kind of a decent deal. Like, like he's pretty humble. Like, he, I mean, at that point, he had won Red Hook a couple times. People knew who he was, but he wasn't a Dirty Kanza winner yet. Sure. And the organizer founder of Dirty Kanza was like, well, no, you have to enter the lottery. And he didn't enter the lottery, so he didn't get a start spot. 2018 comes around, he enters the lottery. Or sorry, 2019 comes around, he enters the lottery. And what's he do? He is so angry that he didn't get in in 2018 that he just destroys it and is the first ever sub, mm-hmm. what was it, like 10-hour rider? Would you say he has a stomach full of anger when he shows up? Sure. Maybe? Okay. Yes. Yeah, nice make call sure. back there to uh, Schleck. Okay. So he had a stomach full of anger and he goes and destroys it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, well, how are these EF guys and all these other ones? Well, turns out that there is a little bit of a backdoor in if you sponsor or you um, have an expo area. I see. Of certain sizes, you get a certain amount of guaranteed entries based on your expo size. So, I, I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. You, we need a tent. We need an expo. Uh, uh, Widening a podium or slow ride podcast needs a footprint at the yeah. event so we can mm-hmm. guarantee I, ourselves some start spots. I think a 10 by 10 only gets you one. So, you would need like a 10 by 30. Now However, I talked to that. my guy. He said if we did like a 10 by 20... We could actually get three entries, but on two entries. And he said, you know, little guy's definitely going to do the, the hunt, the 200 mile. He's like, little guy, like I have no mm-hmm. fear that little guy is going to show up to this event and just do the 200 mile. It might take him 20 hours to finish because, <laughs> you know, he's going to have to reweld a bike and yeah. you know, just yeah. get through it. Oh, yeah. But he's yeah, like, a, for yeah. you, Tim and Spencer, the way that you guys can do it is that you enter on a tandem. Ooh, to do the Spencer on the spot. Are you willing to ride (laughs) 200 miles of the dirty Kansas with me on a mountain bike tandem? Do it, do it. You guys are about the same size, so you could swap. You could swap, Spencer. um, I think we could have some amazing content creation. I will even let you be the captain on the downhill so I can just close my eyes and pray to God that you don't just dump the thing. We will. <laughs> we have to bring no a lot of bandages for the whole blood thinner situation. Yeah. Um, um I boy. If we could get maybe a sponsor, maybe there's someone out there that has like a, a mountain bike commotion. Because I, I think we definitely need a mountain bike to do this thing. Yeah, we're gonna need it like somebody in Kansas to have it though, because <laughs> I don't know if we can fly this thing. Or maybe the boys from Salsa just truck it down from Minneapolis and they pick yeah, it up yeah. at their booth. There's a there's sure. a there's a burly tandem that's for sale. So like, Spencer, I'm not hearing no. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing a yes is what I'm hearing, Tim. Just mark it down as a yes. Let's. This is the craziest idea you've had on this podcast, and and that accounts for 272 episodes <laughs> worth of crazy ideas. I love this idea. I want to. I see don't it. hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. <laughs> so, and then 
so then my guy was saying, if you did the tandem, he said that we would actually have a decent shot at podium. Podying. Podiuming? Yes. The Dirty Kanza on the tandem. Just from lack of entries. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, now you're, now you're singing my tune here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, the best part, Spencer, if we're on a tandem, I wouldn't be able to drop you in the first like 10 minutes. Oh, burn. <laughs> Come on. That was good. That was really good. I like it. Yeah. I mean, this is classic. Uh, when we used to do timed events at the velodrome, I mean, you show up. Uh, you get that third place yeah. medal. Nobody has to know. There's only three people in the Spencer, race. Spencer, think of the yep. skills here. You are a much better bike handler than me, right? Yeah, I would say that's okay. fair. Hmm. I'm a much better bike rider than you. <laughs> I, think I don't know if that's fair. I've got the fitness a little bit more. I, I rode my bike in the last month. Yeah, okay. Um, I think we could put together a great team. I think that there would be just the right amount of yelling at one another. At just the right amount of <laughs> disappointment. Little uh-huh. guy would finish so many hours ahead of us that he could have like dinner already set up for us. Oh yeah, dude, I'll when prep. Roll I'll, in. I'll get dinner all prepped when you come in. I'm a quick cook. I'm pretty sure we could beat little guy. Yeah, you think so? I like this. This is a this is a good challenge. I like this. <laughs> Me against you two on a tandem. And I mean, it's a pretty flat race. You can get going pretty crazy fast on a tandem, but yeah. um I don't know. This I like this. This is a good challenge. I want to take you two on. Let's do it. <laughs> Tim, I, I have one question. What is the longest bicycle ride, consecutive one day bicycle ride you've ever done? How many? What is your mileage? Your top mileage? The most mileage I've ever done in my life in a single day. Yeah, I think it was 145 miles. I mean, you're That's both only good. doing 100 miles. Think of it that way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. All right, right, Tim, I'm sold. That is a higher mileage number than I expected. I thought maybe you had done like 90, 95 um, <laughs> tops. And uh, if we can, if we can secure a tandem, we might be able to make this thing happen. A tandem that is at the dirty cats. We can't, we can't, we can't afford to ship it. <laughs> We can't afford to ship it, and we can't have one of those ones that uh, has the S&S couplers that we need to take apart and put together because there's going to be so many parts to a tandem. Like a bicycle, (laughs) it just comes into two pieces. You know which one is the front and the back. With a tandem, there's a lot more pieces. Next couple of questions. Spencer, Uh if we're going to, and little guy, you too, you you may be a tandem expert here. Yeah, How I many, got like, some spare chains do we have to bring with us to like in our like we're gonna have uh, to have some serious stuff packed on this bike, right? Like Yeah, probably sandwiches? Uh, one whole How chain. How many frame is. bags are we gonna have to fill up here? Like what you know, what do we bring? I think, so, I think we'll be able to bungee cord like a uh igloo cooler on the back with a bunch of sandwiches <laughs> yeah. and stuff in it. We'll be fine. The um you guys will know this. Maybe I don't know how many listeners will know this, but Ocell, Ter Terry Ocell, was it Terry Ocell? The frame, old frame builder so, from yeah. Minneapolis. Um, I saw a tandem of his the other day. Guy pulled up at the rack by me. Three rear canty brakes. Three. Three? Rear, <laughs> yeah, I had one front canty, three rear canties, right? So the front, the, the, the front rider could do one, and then the back rider could do two, and it had a drum brake on the rear. I've oh. never seen anything like it. It was bonkers. It was great, but it was bonkers. Probably still you guys should get very that. great stopping power. So <laughs> yeah, three canty breaks. That's 
what one disc break maybe so if we do this race spencer do we put like the directions for the dirty cans on your back if i'm riding behind you so i'm also the navigator yeah <laughs> i think uh, yeah goose? that's a oh that's a very good idea yeah oh yeah i like that special limited edition uh Q dirty cans of direction jersey jersey yep <laughs> we'll do all a right. limited run of one so i'm very keen though in all and well and i'm definitely serious about this but in so other seriousness okay. i am keen on finding out if these pros actually enter the lottery mm-hmm. and if they get in so a guy like thomas pitcock again the future of british cycling <laughs> enters and he doesn't get into the lottery and then all of a sudden like specialized is like taking up 90 900 square feet of expo space or whatever <laughs> like <laughs> They have like they have a giant ninety by one hundred. That's just like I mean, that's... Right, we've got nine. We've got we've got nine entries. And like, which one of you is going to get it? And like, and Sagan's like, I want to do it now because there's no other racing going on anymore in uh, the U.S. I mean, that's the perfect way for them to get a lot of big name sponsors. Is suddenly all the. Uh... All the pro riders don't get in next year, and boy, that expo area blows oh, up. Oh, wow. How interesting that none of the <laughs> top-tier specialized or EF riders got in. You guys want expo space? We're almost fresh out. Yeah. <laughs> like, see what I can do. Anyway, um, I guess stay along, follow along to see if uh, this Dirty Kanza challenge can come on. And if you do have access to a legitimate tandem, we're not talking some nasty <laughs> Schwinn twin from 68 that wouldn't yeah. even get 10 miles on the on the flint hills but we will do a whole setup where spencer and i attack the k200 <laughs> on the bike um Oof. and we will beat little guy we, we, we will start looking into this and yeah. uh but if anyone else has like a new bike, maybe a sponsor, maybe someone wants to come along, maybe you got some tires you want us to use. Like we we were we are the mercenaries of the Dirty Kansas Two Hundred. Sounds right. good. I like awesome. this plan. And with that, let's get back. Let's get into uh, the Premium Spencer. Venerable and I don't listen to the slow ride podcast. Awesome. Well, we have finally made the premium lap. We've got three great sponsors to tell you about, as always. And the first one, little guy is going to give a little bit of testimonial about his works power washer. <laughs> you know, I, I am. Uh, one, I went to the bike race today and I got some compliments that I actually had a clean looking bike for once which i can only attribute to the fact that three weeks ago the last time i rode it i washed it with my works power washer the other great thing about the works power washer other than that your bike looks good and clean is that me right now as a guy in minnesota i can't use my hose that stuff's turned off it's put away it's too cold also what is it right now nine o'clock when we finish doing this podcast it's going to be almost ten o'clock I still haven't washed my bike from today. I'm going to go out in my yard and wash with my works power washer, and I'm not going to tick off my neighbors, but my bike will get clean. Not something you can do with a crazy power washer (laughs) with like a generator hooked up. Oh, it's generator. I thought maybe you were ticking off your neighbors because you're using their hose. No, I'm saying like I can go use this thing, and it's strong enough 
to clean my bike and make it look nice enough that people were surprised how clean my bike looked. But also yeah. I can do it at 10 o'clock in the yard uh, with a bucket of warm water because my hose isn't turned on anymore and get a clean bike and put it away now for three weeks until states. <laughs> well, <laughs> perfect. Clean bike is the key there because you just go to yourcleanbike.com and enter the promo code clean bike and then you can save 15%. Yes. 15% yeah. off any of the works hydro shot, uh, power cleaners or accessories or extra batteries or any of that good stuff. It's all there. Yourcleanbike.com promo code cleanbike gets you that 15%. Thanks to us. Thanks to us for making that possible for you guys. So I rode um, twice this weekend guys. And each mm -hmm. time I was feeling tingly fresh because I was using the buckler and vocation Miracle Wap chamois cream that we've created with just the right amount of tingle. Um, head over to bucklerskincare.com and you can buy the Miracle Wap chamois cream. It is hands mm -hmm. down the best chamois cream I've ever used. I used to sell Buckler Embrocation chamois cream at Swift Cycle, rest in peace, in Gainesville, Florida, and it was a top seller up there. You can't go wrong. It's handmade in Tallahassee, Florida. Now, shipped Tim nationwide. It's so good. Tim, yeah. about the uh about the miracle wrap chamois cream. Um and I know the the tingle is the miracle, but does it come in like econo size? Can we cuz yeah. I'm thinking this 200 mile dirty Kansas <laughs> that we're going to need to do. We're going to be we're going to need a lot of miracles happening. Let's just put it that way. There will be a lot of I'm pretty sure so it comes in a 4 ounce jar or you can you can get the 8 ounce jar. Okay. I'm going to talk to John, who's a very bespoke chamois cream creator. We might need our own special recipe, Spencer, that will just be, <laughs> that we could just slather it on the skin suit and just jump okay. in. Um, All right. That being said, the Miracle Wap, the tingle is the miracle. It is going to be used at the Dirty Kanza on the tandem Perfect. when we destroy little guy. And <laughs> in all honesty... Just head it's over gonna, to bucklerskincare.com. Yeah. Click Miracle Wap. Get it sent to you. It is awesome. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. And our uh, our final sponsor of the episode, uh, our great partnership that we have going with Grimper Brothers Coffee. Um, I can't get enough. I drink it every morning. Uh, I've got the full Schleck. Um, you can also get Hello Psychocast Friends, uh, which is a an espresso blend. Just both wonderful coffees. The guys at Grimper do such a good job uh, supporting cycling and making great coffee, which also supports cycling. Um, and it's just a win-win. Um, if you pick up one of those two blends, part of the proceeds go to directly to the Wide Angle Podium and help us out, uh, keeping keeping things going here, keeping this show uh, going. And um, it's just a, a, an easy win-win for everyone. Because the coffee is delicious and we like being supported. Awesome. And with that, let's get back to the show. I'm Ellen Noble and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, we are back. And before we go on, 
I just want to give a quick thank you to all of the listeners and supporters that came on board during our donor drive. I know it's a little NPR, but it is great to hear from you all. We've gotten countless emails. Um, shout outs to uh, folks such as Josh Bauer all the way over in China. Great to hear from you, Josh. Uh, um, good luck with all of your uh, uh, future moving forward with your racing. Also, we heard uh, again like from Derek Gross, who told us all about his Trek Century Grand Prize that he got. But we also want to uh, give a quick shout out to Michael Stone over in England, our Nottingham, our Yorkshire-based reporter, who is yeah. currently in surgery for a fractured right hip, and he's under the knife today. We haven't heard about how it goes, but we can't wait to get some more feedback. Hopefully, Michael, you did not ride through one of those never-ending puddles you warned us about um, a yep. few weeks back when we were watching the bike race in the deluge that is Yorkshire wet weather. Yeah, get well soon. Gave us yeah. a very froomy picture that he sent us too. So. Yeah, it was. Just <laughs> almost as good as for him. Um, but yeah, great to hear from you, uh, Michael. Spencer, here we are. Um, breaking news left and right. Yeah. Now, the first thing I want to say is that um, the hot rumor that just came across the email that I got was uh, um, that Katusha is merging with Team Bigla on the women's side of things. Yes, um, not too much of a surprise in all in all reality because uh, Bigla was definitely one of the larger women cycling teams in the world, mm -hmm. but kind of that second tier. So hopefully, this kind of gets them over that level to get up there into like the game with the Trek Factory Racing and the other top notch uh, squads. Yeah, sure. Um, and then the other big news that we well, actually broke last week yeah, was that yes. the Tour of California got canceled. Now, we just like to throw things out there every now and then. People think that, you know, maybe we're just like grasping at straws, that we're just looking at the tea leaves of, of Peter Sagan not going to Tour of California and going to the Giro for some reason. Hmm, I yep. wonder why. It's because <laughs> Tour of California canceled. Are you guys going to miss this race? Because, by the way, it's not coming back. No, Put that on not. like... It's totally not. That is on no, wax. No way. Guaranteed. Super rookie guaranteed. Tour of California is not coming back in 2021. Like, when they say they're on hiatus, that is done. Stick a fork in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. Am I going to miss it? Yeah, a little bit, I guess. Maybe you don't know what you had till it's gone, I guess. But. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss... The Tour of California from 2015 to 2019. Um, the I think post, those are the post good. Levi years. <laughs> yeah, I think those were great additions. It really came into its own. I you will not at all miss the first, I don't know, five years or so. Really? At all. Like, they were comical. Like, I kind of like those more. Wasn't the I last like one kind of comical too, though, with the TJ Van Garder and like rule like we're like oh 3.5 kilometers out we're i think that was work. called i think it's just stupid but now and that's all fine um those the the yeah now the original ones with the time trial up to the coit tower in san francisco and levi and all that stuff it was just too the, scripted the it first was too, two though were like in february which was way cooler yeah I, li I like the that february i like the outer shape 
like Euro GC contenders coming. Don't sure. put that up against the Giro. Come on, that's embarrassing. Yeah, that's America and, thinking that they're number one. Well, clearly they're not based on our road cycling pedigree right now. We at the no. it was like February was kind of cool because you're like, ooh, we can do tour of Langakai Lang Langkawi. Yeah. Way cooler now. Um, what I'm I gonna like, miss it because I think the U.S. needs to have a top-notch race, and so I'm sorry to bag on it all the time. I I will miss that aspect of it. I like little guy or and Spencer. I'm not gonna miss like the Levi Leipheimer show and just these like. It could have been so much more. Mm-hmm. Why well, we do have a top race? We just talked about Dirty Kanza. I don't understand. Well, that's clearly the future. That's, that's one reason why I kind of brought that up earlier, right? Is that this is where everyone's going to go. And the the crazy thing is, how long is the is the gravel scene going to stay the gravel scene? I know it like kind of gets recycled all the time and all these people want to talk about it. But it is a legitimate question that these pro teams or these big money sponsors are not going to want to see their guy on the side of the road <laughs> without... Any type of wheel support, they're going to want to have their cameras out there blowing smoke around everybody as they film their their crazy videos. Yeah, it's, things are going to change. I just think well, though, that, like at the end of the day, like that's a much better sponsorship. It, like that shows you that. Agree, but you, but like the what for practice for what most people are doing now, like somebody showing up to Dirty Kanza and being able to self-supported for the most part, ride 200 miles. And you look over at that bike and you're like, yeah, like I'd buy that bike. That bike just went, yeah. you know, like hit a podium as opposed to like you watch the tour, you see some road bike that you can't ride in as many places. And if you have to pull the trigger on one $4,000 bike, like you're going to buy that one from Kanza that like, could do anything and didn't explode five times during the day. You know, like and, that's a much more appealing Tim, thing. Yeah. It's a hundred percent more so, appealing. I totally you, agree. You, you made a great point, Tim, where um, the sponsorship dollars are tight lately. Right. And so are you going to rather get into some uh, UCI stage race? That's not world tour level and have to bring two or three support cars and your staff and your swan years and everything. Or are you going to be like, I'll just make these guys some tie-dyed t-shirts and send them <laughs> off to Kansas by themselves with no support because it's a self-supported race. It seems like a, a bang they, for buck. And they no still brain. had a fair amount of support. They had the camera crews. No, I know. Like oh yeah, totally. I, I think that's, that's what I'm trying to get at is that like that, that I understand it's a nuance, but it's just the overwhelming thing. So look, I'm not a gravel expert at all. The the reason this is happening now with Kansas is, is, because the 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 roadside of the sport in the U.S. has been the bottom has fallen out. We know this, and now with the cancellation of the tour of California, the top has started to fall out as well. Like it is, the slate is clean, right? Like we lost the Philly race, we've lost all the big races, Nature Valley Grand Prix, um, Tour of Georgia, any anything mm-hmm. you want to look at. It Except is Tour of Utah, pretty much dry around, <laughs> right? So now we have a chance to rebuild road cycling in the United States to be something new, something that makes sense, something that is exciting, something that can tour around and hit up multiple stops in this great giant, huge country and have a narrative around it. And that my friends is several stops of the hammer series. That's what we need to have come in (laughs) and become the next generation the next style of road cycling we tried crits almost worked like 
the speed week thing and the crit series almost worked, but we just, it just didn't have enough for some reason. But I think the hammer series kind of melds that kind of crit narrative with the road cycling, like power sponsorships. I don't, you know what it is? You know, I, you know what I think it comes down to? I mean, obvious, obviously it's the cost right? and the cost ultimately comes down to how much it costs to rent out all of the overtime of the cops that go to these events. Right. So like, yes, I understand the hammer series. You could do like circuit races or whatever, but this is, this is like the bigger conundrum within the cycling world and hear me out a little bit. And I think that this was touched on a little bit when John Burke, the CEO of Trek wrote that letter to bicycle retailer, I think in February of 2019 that, when a couple of other big name companies such as Specialized pulled out of their support of foundational um, advocacy groups like People for Bikes and all this. I know this sounds a little convoluted, but no other sport in the world, like John Burke talks about, is so dependent on public services as cycling, right? You need to have an actual physical space to do road cycling and these events. And it all Mm -hmm. ties together with the cost to close down a road and to meet mm-hmm. these ridiculous standards of paying all of the overtime. Why did the T-Mobile International never come back to San Francisco? I still have the poster on my wall of Cesar Grajales <laughs> in 2007, <laughs> cresting the hill. No, earlier. Yep. Two, 2003? Yeah, probably. Like, I think that the organizers still owe the city of San Francisco something like half a million dollars in overtime cop fees for those things. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And that's why we need to actually support these advocacy groups that are out there working to find safe space for people to ride bikes. And ultimately you would hope create more people to actually race. And then it would become more understanding to maybe you get the cop time donated. I know it's like that'll never in the air. happen. It's this, this I'm not saying donated, but I think little guy, like if you could prove that there's thousands of people out there riding bikes and that there is like a market for racing, all of a sudden a lot of these costs go down. Think about how much stuff they required us to do at this campus crit in in Minnesota. They can't even get the campus crit right now on the University of Minnesota campus. That's how no, expensive it is to get the it. Roads, but if there's more, but yes, yes. Anyway, no, sorry, I, but I like I just don't. I see no world where uh, the police will donate their time. No, they're not going to. Do- I don't mean it that way that they're going to donate their time. But if it became more accepted that then. Maybe it's not the organizers that has to pay an exorbitant amount of money to also close down the roads and in addition pay, you know, ridiculous overtime costs. Like, I mean, they at the campus crate, they at first the request was something like five cops. We got them down to like three, which is still too mm-hmm. many. But was yeah. that the city? I mean, so think about sort of California and how much it costs for rolling enclosure. That's oh, why sure these things tons. are canceling. Yeah, no, I I totally understand. I just, yeah. I feel like that's this could like open up a whole this could open up a whole side podcast of uh, uh police contracts with cities, you know. But um well it's not just the police that are costing extra for these events. And I know we're getting off track. I'll bring it back. No, so that's why Dirty Kansas, the entire city comes out and it's like, "Oh, please come to our city because you are bringing millions of dollars of economic impact here that we're going to like do whatever we can to help make this event happen." Well, right. yeah, like and they that's... freak out when Lifetime bought it, and they're like, "Oh, I heard you guys are moving the event," and like the mayor's like, "Don't move the event." Well, I mean, that's the difference though between 
a small town or a small city, you know, that wants to have these big events. And I, unfortunately, like a lot of times the way it seems big cities approach it the same way they approach bike lanes. A lot of time is like all the businesses freak out and think that it's going to ruin their business, which it's not going to ruin your business. But they think, Oh, if there's one moment where someone can't drive up and park right in front of my business, they'll never come back. You know, they'll just go, they'll buy it on Amazon. They'll never come back to my store, which you know, I don't think is the case. Maybe there's one person, but like that person <laughs> was a pretty, pretty fair weather customer. I, you know, but like, like people freak out about right. bike lanes in front of their stores because it ruins parking. They f are, of course, going to freak out about an entire day road closure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we need to find small, mid sized cities <laughs> with, with, uh, kind of, you know, economies that are on the cusp of like maybe coming back up but not quite there that need a little boost they, they need an incubator <laughs> that that have you know that have some elevation within the city limits um so maybe a couple of steep pitches so Tulsa. um <laughs> Tulsa. Tulsa. and <laughs> we just need to go in there now and set the stage for these hammer series races uh to come in and uh just become an institution in the community well, and I, uh, become the future of cycling. It's, I, it's the, in fact, I just got an email from, from Bentonville, Arkansas. Turns out they're getting a hammer series. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, anyway. I mean, they're, they're getting a, they're, they're getting a large gravel race. Can I, uh, well, they are. Yeah. Just yet another gravel race. Keyword being gravel. Hey, let's get into um, one other thing I need to bring up with you guys. I need a little bit of okay. help. Okay, I'm a bit of a mercenary now when it comes to my cycling fandom. With the the end of of uh, Alejandro Valverde in the mo in the rain rainbow jersey, rainbow mm -hmm. stripes, I need a no pro team to follow. You're I mean, jumping right off of the movie star train. I mean, wow. I think I'll always like have movie star in my heart because of Valverde, mm -hmm. but I kind of don't have anybody to follow right now. They they broke up the band, and you're you're kind yeah. of jaded about it. I wouldn't say like fully jaded, but I'm ready Jilted. to kind of move on. Like I, I think that like, you know, I'll still buy scorned. all the rest of their, their albums, but <laughs> right. You're a scorned lover. I'm a, yeah. I'm kind of like, all right, you know, been there, done that, been a fan, uh -huh. but it kind of starts to sound the same after a while. Mm. Okay. So what, do you have any kind of criteria uh, for a favorite world tour team that need yes. to be met? Like, is there a certain, they can't be uh, owned by, <laughs> a, okay, <laughs> a country with a track record of human rights abuses. They can't okay. be owned by someone that has. I, it can't be Ineos at all. <laughs> okay. okay, so Fair. no Astana, Ineos, uh, Bahrain, Bahrain, okay. UAE. UAE. Okay. Do you have any sort of? Uh, uh, is there any sort of kit requirement? Like, does it need to aesthetically meet any sort of level? And then also uh, any sort of competition uh, level, like is dimension data on the table or not? To oh, mention data, like I will veto dimension data. Like I, like the team needs to be competitive and has win across multiple categories, like, like multiple like their disciplines. Kit looks good though, right? Yeah. Like they they yeah, look like a put together team, but they they can't deliver. They're gonna so be good next. I'm just trying kit, to find the I don't think there's any kit in both Pro Conti or World Tour that I'm instantly gonna say no. Like that's an ugly kit. 
because okay. we've already gotten rid of those when I threw yes. out the um, the human well, rights how do you, uh, uh, qualification. Yeah. How do you feel about gambling? Love it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> huge fan of gambling. Are you like, talking I about like gambling? You to F- FDJ or Lotto? So to all. Lotto's a red Lotto. Red Lotto or okay. FDJ. Well, red Lotto gets into a little bit more races. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me why I should be on Red Lotto. Why should I be a Red Lotto fanboy? Why Who do they got? Be Red Lotto? Well, I was going to say Tease, but they don't have Tease. He's leaving. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, right? Uh, they got Gilbert next year. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, there you go. Well, look, oh, not really helping you me like Degen Culp? Yeah. You like Degen Culp? Degen Culp's going to be there next year. I totally forgot about that. I don't think I don't think, I don't think uh, Lotto is your jam. No. No, uh, not feeling. I, I don't think so at all. I think I think you need to. Should I go back to AG Tour? That's the question. I see. I was thinking that initially, but I think I think that's even worse. Like I think I think you'd be moving backwards, and you want to be facing forwards. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm going to be facing on. forwards for 200 so, miles at Dirty Kansas. Yeah, exactly. So what you want to do is maybe you've maybe you've been around the block a few too many times in Europe. And you need to look further afield, over to maybe maybe check out that corner of what's that over in the, in the Aussie corner? What's that? Oh, it's Team Mitchelton Scott. What are mm. they doing over there? What do they got going on? They got oh. some good wine. Why? There's a lot going on. They're going to dominate the uh, the cycling preseason down there in Australia. They got the Yates brothers. They got the Yates brothers. They got a lot going on. They got goofy helmets. Oh, they do have yep. the helmets. Uh, you had to bring that up. Like, oh man. And what? What about this, Timmy? Yeah. Let's look to Eastern Europe. C C C. They got a few Whoa. things going for them. They, they our team. They got some good transfers coming in for next year. They got Trenton coming in, so you're gonna have man mm-hmm. for the sprints. You're gonna have the stork of wherever the hell he's from, Zacharin. Oh, I like help him in the, I'm a Zacharin guy. Help them in the mountains. You're going to have John Hurt coming in. So some and good transfers. Maybe most importantly, uh, listeners of this show, back from our interview with Mitch Docker, will know that that was the number one picked men's professional jersey in the draft <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did with If him. you can't okay. pick EF Education first, your number one pick is CCC. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's forget about that caveat. So, okay, so Triple C or Mitchelton? Okay, I'll, I'll leave it down to there. We'll we will we'll revisit this. I am a little disappointed that either of you, like Spencer, thank you for bringing Mitchelton. Little guy, thanks for the uh, Triple C. A little disappointed that neither of you suggested Yellow Lotto Jumbo. You've maybe already maybe been on just... that game. I mean, I feel like you've you've yeah. basically been you basically been cheating on Movistar all year with Yellow Lotto. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it feels a little disingenuous. I feel like you're just fishing for it. You're like, I don't know, you guys. I mean, do you think there's anyone I should? <laughs> uh, there's anyone that I might want to date? I just I don't know. I mean, do you guys think there's anyone that maybe? And you're like, yeah, we all know you've been having a little thing on the side with Jumbo. Uh, you, Come on. You notice when he when you said uh, you know, do you like gambling? He got really excited. <laughs> Even though, <laughs> even though Yellow Lotto has not been sponsored by the Lotto not for at least a year, Yellow Lotto now. anymore. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I will. I'll dig in a little bit more. But I, um, I definitely need a team. I appreciate the suggestions. It's going to be an exciting 2020 for me. Um, <laughs> we will. We'll get down to the bottom of this. We still have some time. Um, okay. And with that, uh, is there anything else you guys want to uh, go on before we uh, wrap up? So I'm gonna nail uh, it this week. 
I don't know. That might be everything. I got to go answer the door. Somebody just sent some testosterone patches here that by mistake, and I got to send them back. So we should probably get going. Oh, that's, yeah. So if you want to email us, hit us up at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at the slow ride pod. Please do us a favor and rate and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and tell friends about the show. That's actually the best thing that you can do for us. Is just to uh, give your friends a, a quick uh, recommendation that, like, oh, you heard it on the Slow Ride Pod, that would help us out a ton. And we'd like to thank our three sponsors, including Works. Head on over to yourcleanbike.com. Use the promo code CleanBike to save fifteen percent. We'd also like to thank Grimper Brothers. Head over to wideanglepodium.com/coffee to find out how you can get some fresh beans from our friends at Grimper Brothers. And head over to bucklerskincare.com for the Miracle Wap chamois cream. Thanks for all of our returning and continuing members of the Wide Angle Podium Network. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes. Straight from the source. The slowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at the slowridepod.